Welcome to Running On Purpose, a weekly podcast dedicated to training the body, the mind, and the soul for what the race requires. My name is Steve, and I'll be your host. Hey everyone, this is the second of a series of Q&As that I did with Alpha, I mean Ethos athletes, athletes I coach online. Um, the first one is with Jeff Webb, and it was on weight training. This one is with John in Southern California, and it's on the long game, uh, or the infinite game. Just a little background on this episode. I This is one of my very favorite topics to discuss. The importance of having a long-term viewpoint on your running, and a, a the importance of mindset when it comes to all that cover a lot of ground in this episode and I think that it's one that is uh, definitely free form and rambling but I think John asks some really interesting nuanced questions and um, provides me different directions to go in so hopefully you enjoy it and if this is something you do like let me know I'm shifting gears a little bit with the podcast and going wherever my heart leads me and producing the kind of content I most enjoy creating, and hopefully you guys resonate with it. If you do, then let me know, sisson at telosrunning.com. And if you don't, let me know, sisson at telosrunning.com. All right, guys, Godspeed. All right, uh, one quick mention I want to make or note I want to make about the sound quality on the phone calls with these two episodes. I will be, I did my best to clean them up. It's mostly just that I didn't know how to utilize the new technology I have, and I'm working on that, and I think they sound, fan- I still think they sound pretty good, but you can definitely tell that they're a phone call, so they got a little bit of a retro, a retro feel, and frustrates me when I think about the sound quality. I, I don't want ever that to be a question, but the content in these episodes is really good, so forgive me. I'll get better as I go along. Um, if it's unforgivable, carry on find another podcast i'm doing my best anyway love you guys enjoy these episodes and um let me know what you think hey everyone this is a another question in our q a series um this one's coming from another member of my training group my online training group ethos this one's coming from john how are you john i'm doing well steve good so what's your question for me so the question that i sent to you is how does the long game end and the reason I sent that is because in your training podcast, and I think also in your uh, Running on Purpose podcast, you mentioned that we should always remember we're playing the long game, not to get caught up in a workout, a specific race, or even a, a season. And I, I take a lot of comfort in that, especially when, when the going gets tough. But I was just thinking about, um, you know, if, if you are in the long game, not so much the end of it, but the destination, I guess, is what I'm really curious about. And I imagine you've been playing this game a lot longer than most of us. So you might have some, some insight on that uh, to, help, to help me understand where my, my long game ends up. Yeah, that's a great, great question. And um, one, I think there won't be a necessarily a definitive answer. The answer I'm going to give you, I will consider the, my best shot at definitive. But it is definitely going to be um, my one man's opinion. Um, and 
you know, you're, you're asking me from the perspective of an athlete and as the perspective as a coach, I'm assuming, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess there's two pieces to this. The first piece is, um, the, your, your question of, of what is the end of the long game, you know? So what is, um, that final destination, that final purpose, like what is it? And I would argue that uh, we all are always, it is part of human nature and the aspirational process, the, as, the aspect of being um, goal-centered and goal-oriented, which no matter, even the most um, unattached Buddhist is still um, in a space of, aspiration in my opinion so we're all aspirational and people who are athletes are especially aspirational we're, we're focused on an end result on getting a result and that is just nature it's just how we operate and our the nature of our sport in distance running is that way the nature of all sport is to win a game right to 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 get to the end and to win um whatever winning is of course is uh got it, it's subjective and everyone has a different version of that it doesn't always necessarily mean that the goal was met it just means that you um got in the fight you played the game and you did the best you could right so when we talk about how does the long end long game end i would argue that it never does that it just is a seeming end to the long game. That the game goes on and on and on. Now, there are two athletes, two types of athletes that I coach in running. Um, these are not definitive. These are just two categories. People fall into one of the two of them. Um, those who are in this for the long haul, for the, for the longer perspective, and those who recognize this as, a, as more of, I want to test my metal in this particular arena, and then I'm going to take my talents somewhere else and do something else, maybe rock climbing or chess or uh, basket weaving or some other thing, but that this is a way to test their, to gain growth and to gain experience. And so they know and they recognize this as a temporary situation, likely. Um, and then there are those who, as I stated initially, that are in this for the long haul, that this is a path with heart. This is a long um, endeavor. It's a part of their life. So once you've got those two things sussed out and in terms of your perspective, um, then I think this question then becomes potentially one that could have go one direction or another. For those folks who are um, doing this for an end result and for the experience of, of, of gaining knowledge and gaining experience and gaining wisdom, and they think that this will be, running could be a way to figure that out, they'll have a, a sh they may have an end to this. Now, they, they, may, have a, they may have an end to the long game. Um, but, but if they want to be good at it, they're going to play a long game. They're going to take 18 months, 36 months, 64 months. They're going to take a long time to get to where they need to go um, or else they're really not playing any game at all. They're just fitness. It's just fitness, okay? Which is not a bad thing, but it's not playing a game. It's something different. Um, so to those folks, how does the long game end? It ends when they feel satisfaction, that they've learned the things that they needed to learn from the endeavor, and then they move on to another activity in which they're playing a game. It's very hard to play multiple games when you're being an athlete. Some people do it. Um, 
you know, that's where triathlon came from. Somebody decided to take three sports, put them into one and play a longer game. Um, so that's the quick answer, which is the long game ends when someone meets, reaches their objective and then feels that the path of running doesn't afford them any more learning or any more wisdom. For everybody else who I think is, um, there may be people who come into this sport thinking that they're going to do it for a short term. I think most of them get hooked. And John, I know you as an athlete, you're hooked, right? You've been doing this for a long time and you're going to continue doing yeah. it for a long time. And so the answer for you, John, is, um, in my view, is that there is no end to the game. There are just, it's an infinite game, to use the the terminology of James Cars, who wrote a fantastic book called Infinite finite and infinite games. I highly recommend anyone who is philosophically inclined and is interested in the idea of this um, in a bigger picture to pick that book up. It is a fantastic book and has got so much wisdom in it about life and about sport. And I, I, it's been a game changer for me over the last 18 months to two years, having read that book in terms of the way I look at things. So the infinite game is more along the line of saying, hey, I'm in this for the long haul. And while I am gaining wisdom and gaining experience and learning and learning and learning, the best way to learn is to put myself in the arena. The best way to learn is to take risk. Go yeah, ahead. do you do you feel then like uh, an athlete like, um, you know, Usain Bolt, who did it all and did it right and has nothing left to prove to anybody? Is he... Did he just finish his game quickly or am I, am I missing, am I just focused on the athletic performance aspect and there's a whole other part that you were describing um, that goes, goes beyond the times and the, the, you know, results. Both and, right? Both and. So there's the one piece that there is the factor of his sport doesn't really afford lots of opportunities to just go out and do what he wants to do on any given weekend. Um, and certainly not at the level he did, but even let's just say he's on the beaches at Jamaica. It's not like every time he can't step to the game. Anytime somebody on the beach says, Hey, I want to race Usain Bolt from this line to this line and we'll see who wins. Right? Like he may play that game. He may be having fun, but it's fun, right? It's not really a big game. It's a, it's a really small game. I mean, so I think that because the game that he played is hard to play, um, it's challenging. It may be better to say, what about a Rafael Nadal or someone like that, who the game of tennis is one you play against each other, but it's also an, it's also a movement practice, right? It's a thing you do over time. And that's where it sort right. of falls into that second category, right? So there's the piece of the comp- competition where, you know, I thought that I was going to play, a, I thought I had a short game. I thought I was going to be done with my running career. I'd be finished. I'd go coach. I would run maybe here or there. Um, but guess what happens is as you begin to learn so much about yourself through the sport or pushing yourself or go getting to the edge and seeing what happens when you're on the edge, you, when you, when you step away from that, you either pick up bad habits like I did and drink too much because you don't have, you have a hole that you're trying to fill or you move on to other activities that might bring you pleasure in that area. I just stayed with the sport and it showed back up with me. And here I am back in the arena playing a long game. So, you know, it's, but I do think this is a key component of this is that there's a competition and the competition part is a little bit different. Like Kobe Bryant, you think Kobe Bryant would have stopped paying pickup ball? You think Kobe Bryant didn't play basketball anymore? I'm sure he did, and his relationship to the sport changed. But he certainly wasn't playing it on NBC 
um, on Sunday afternoon for the whole world to watch, right? So, yeah, it's, it's the level of the game. And when those who did it at such a competitive level and, and, and at a professional level, it's a little bit different. For the rest of us, it's a movement practice. Um, and it's a movement practice primarily, I would argue. And it's a movement practice even for these athletes that just competed in the Olympic trials. You know, there, there were three, there were 25 people on that starting line that had an opportunity to win the race on the men's side and the women's side. Okay, maybe I could stretch it to 50, but that would be a big stretch, 50, right? I don't think it's that many. I think there were probably 20, 25 people on the starting line that really had a chance with the level of competition that was there on that day to make it to, on the Olympic team. Does that mean that that race was meaningless for everybody else? No, it means that it's a movement practice. What is a movement practice? Like yoga, um, like a meditation practice, like any other practice, it's something you use to learn about yourself. It's something you use to gain wisdom about the world, about your place in the world, about what it means to be alive and what it means to be in this corporal existence, what it means to be human. And so this movement practice, we, we, our sport is just beautiful for that. I think it's unrecognized uh, for the movement practice aspects and especially unrecognized by the participants. This, John, is I think where you sit right now in your sport. You're still competitive. You're in the game for the perspective of getting wins and losses, right? But yet you don't quite recognize that you're in a movement practice. You connect with it. You flow with it and you fight it. You win and you lose. But the fact that you keep coming back, you keep waking up, putting your running shorts back on, putting your shoes on, walking out the door and putting in miles means it's, a, it's something beyond fitness. It's something beyond sport. It's now a way of living. It's now a movement practice. And I think that you gain yeah. so much when you recognize that. Yeah, and when when you say uh, the part about, you know, you, you push an edge or find an edge, I guess to me that that seems like that, that's the doorway out of um, I'm just, just running for fun or to, you know, stay healthy. And it, it takes you towards some other place. And to keep doing that, whatever that means, it doesn't mean winning every race you enter or getting a PR every time. It's just whatever you know, pushing means and it that that's the part I guess when you said unhooked. That's that's what has hooked me. <laughs> um I I and I like to keep doing it, but as you know, as time goes on, what that means changes. And uh I guess it's always being introspective and, and being honest with yourself and just really really finding out what that could be and how to push it as far as you can. I mean, it's a game, um, right? That, it's not life yeah. or death, right? And I think that that's a no. big mistake people make, that it feels like life and death when you're in a short game because you think that that's going to somehow be indicative. You know, for me, in my case, as being a, a competitive athlete as a young, bo young boy and then growing up in the sport, a lot of who I was as a human being was, was revolving around whether I succeeded or failed in a race. And it, that's a, that's a, that took a long time for me to finally realize wasn't true. And I, and I still have a subconscious tick in that direction, right? Um, and so you have picked up through the competitive aspect of our sport and what people value in our sport, um, which is made even more challenging with the fact that now people are competing even in their training 
because they're able to watch and see and, and, and recognize other people's workouts and see that they can be competitive even in the context of someone's workout. One person on the West Coast, another person on the East Coast doing different workouts are now competing in some really strange and weird way, which I don't think is bad, except that they need to recognize it's a game, right? You can't win that. It's not life or death. We're playing at this. And so it's a challenging mindset to wrap your head around. Yeah. I, I, I have to say, I find, um, you know, especially like the people in our training group to see their workouts all over the country is, it's more uh, inspiration for me and, and also accountability versus I want to beat them. And uh, I, I can see a lot of positive in, in, you know, being able to, being able to see what other people are doing. Um, you know, when, I don't know how you feel when I, when I get to a starting line of a race, I don't look around at the other guys and wonder if I can beat them all. I, I just think about, you know, my performances and if I can have, have a great day. Um, and I, that's a highly competitive mindset it's just with myself versus someone I probably don't know and have no idea what their, their background or their history is. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautifully said. And it, and it's a beautiful way of looking at it. And in fact, that's happened on the starting line of the Olympic trials. Even the people going, even those 25 people in each race who were in a chance to win it, they still needed to look over at the other one and recognize this incredible and amazing point. They don't get there without the other people. Like you don't get there without those others. And, you know, you, you read now you're reading between the lines with Molly Seidel and, and Alfie Tilliamook and their friendship that they had before this race, that it ended up helping Molly make decisions that she might not have made during the race because she looked at her competitor as an ally, as a, as a comrade in arms. And what a game change. And, and if, and if people had the ability to recognize that even their, even their direst, their biggest foe, you know, their big, the, the one who, the one person that gets their goat every single time. And, you know, for most of us who have been competitive at some point in time in our careers, we have those, those few people who we're trying to beat no matter what they are still aiding us in our long game. They're aiding us in this infinite game of what a movement practice is and how being competitive in a movement practice really comes down to not the win and the loss, but the lessons you learned along the way process, right? It's all about the process that doesn't, the the one thing that it gets really, really grumpy when people talk about process is they'll just say, Oh, that's just process as if, and diminish it as if there's some way you could diminish day-to-day life, like the, 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 the experience of being alive and human, that's process, right? And then also indicate to me at some point in time in your life when life stopped being process, <laughs> right? When did it ever end? Right. Even when you sleep, you dream, right? Even when you sleep, you're healing and recovering and recuperating and getting ready for the next day. It's like it ne- it's never ending. It's ongoing. It's a process. This idea of an end is, is really a, a, a human-created time, space, continuum creation. Not a bad thing. Just needs to be recognized for what it is and, and seen for what it is, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's great, I'm, especially as I'm talking to you on the phone on a sunny morning. But like at 16 and a half miles into that 20 mile run you had us do last weekend, I was trying to tell myself that this is part of the long game and 
make myself feel better. <laughs> and I got to tell you, it was, it was not working very well. And I ended up just counting eight steps at a time for the next three or four miles just to, just to get through it. And in, in the moment, it, it just, I mean, maybe um, it made me think of your, your suffering um, podcast hmm. that you did. But, you know, when it was done and, and I had finished and achieved what I set out to do, all of those feelings that you just described kind of washed, washed into me. And uh, it, it, it did feel, I, I really felt like I knew, I knew the, the path that I was on. It's just, I want, I want to figure out how to get that in the moment, you know, where it hurts, where it, you really need it. It's accessible. It's accessible. But it requires you to move outside of the immediate life and death exchange that you're going on. There's a tendency, right, in your body when it gets to that place to survive. And so, what's happening is you're going through two different. You're going through this this in deeply evolutionary process that is ingrained in us as humans, which is to protect right? And to go out and run that far, knowing that it's voluntary, right? You're, you're, you, can't, you can't move the subconscious or unconscious out of the equation just because you want to, right? So they're playing. And, and if you're subconsciously, you know that this is an option, right? It's not required. Then there's cognitive dissonance that comes up, right? That's the difference between your subconscious mind and your conscious mind trying to negotiate what's going on. And then you have a governor on your, in your body trying to tell you to stop and to protect, okay? So the thing that I would suggest is now you need to start a negotiation. Begin a conversation. All, all negotiations start in conversation, okay? Another, another game right? Where you discuss yeah, with I, your... I know, I know how to play that game. Right. <laughs> so now you negotiate between your conscious mind and your subconscious mind. Your conscious mind is saying, yes, I want to achieve this. I want to do this, right? Even foggily, because you're still putting one foot in front of the other. You're still in the arena doing the work, John. But your subconscious mind, which is governed by this by this, and this central governor is just a theory that great the great Tim Noakes came up with that I think is at least symbolic and useful and use a uh, symbolic perhaps but useful enough to help us in our day to day operations and our and our it's a it's at least a technology we can utilize to think through these processes, but this governor subconsciously is trying to tell you to stop and to preserve because there might be a lion or a tiger or a bear around the corner that might come and get you and you might need a little extra juice or to what end is this really benefiting you if a general fitness doesn't make sense in the evolutionary perspective, right? So you just need to then begin a conversation, you know? Um, Kristen, my uh, sometimes co-host comes on the main podcast, says this sometimes, right? Like what's real, what's true, like what's really happening here so that you can bring the conscious mind to the subconscious and say, Hey, I'm checking you. I'm checking you against my purpose, which is one thing. And my, and and or checking you against what I really want. Now, this is a little bit moving into a different category of how bad do you want it and where purpose resides in that. But you can initially just start threading your needle, start threading your experience of these tough, hard, long runs with understanding that your conscious mind and your subconscious mind are in conflict. And this creates a dissonance that you need to 
to cognitively, mentally work through. So the first step is, is it real? The number two, the another two, second question is, do I really want this? And, and having a purpose really helps answer that question. And sometimes, John, the answer is no. You know, sometimes you're, you're, at, you're, in, you're risking yourself, you're in harm's way, right? Maybe it is smart to stop. But in 99% of the situations, in my experience, the answer is don't stop. Keep going. Keep moving forward. Keep learning. Keep stressing yourself. And then create that negotiation. Go through that negotiation throughout between the subconscious and the conscious mind and get to the end result that you're looking for. And the better you get at negotiating, the better you get at communicating, the longer and longer you'll be able to sustain it and the greater resilience you're going to build for the long haul when the real shitty stuff happens, when the real fucking bullshit terrible scenario comes up like a complete and utter hamstring catch you know 25 miles into a 26.2 mile race that you absolutely want to finish what you need to finish now you've got the ability to make a harder negotiation between i need to get this body to the finish line it's not going to tear it's not going to rip i'm going to be okay what do i need to do to survive how do i get through this instead of just saying i had to stop because my hamstring pulled well yes you probably did but you probably didn't pull it and you probably were not really good at negotiation under, under real duress, right? So you're just making yourself more resilient for a, for a longer game. And, you know, ultimately, in my, from my perspective, you're, you're gaining wisdom. Like, it's not just knowledge. It's, it's things, it's a wisdom, which is I know more about myself and I know more about how to act skillfully in this world. And damn if running isn't, the, the most amazing game to play to learn that about life. Yeah. So, somehow, I mean, you just talk a lot about pain, suffering when things go wrong, techniques <laughs> to mitigate it, but some, somehow we, we all think it's fun. So <laughs> we um, do. That's, We're that's, sick and twisted <laughs> sons of bitches, aren't we? <laughs> I know why, why is that? But, but that's a, uh, something else to explore. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a question for another another episode. Uh, yeah. Well, did I answer your question? Um, you know, here we are, twenty five minutes in, and I think I think I did. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I I was worried that you were going to start by saying, um, "Well, that's you know, the, what a lot of um, coaching." answers tend to be is, well, that's different for every person and you're just going to have to figure out what it is. And <laughs> I was ready to challenge you on that, but I think you gave me some, some really good uh, insight and, you know, reasons and a book recommendation too, I think. Yeah. So, so cool. thank you for all that. Yeah, you're welcome. And you know, it is the answer, right? But I just try to then think, here's the thing, there's knowledge and there's understanding. It is my ultimate goal as a coach um, to be post knowledge and be, um, fully in the understanding category, because it can give you all the knowledge in the world, but if it doesn't help you understand what's going on on your day to day in your day to day running, then of what value is it? Right. And that's why I think these bigger questions and these questions of the mental training and the soul, you know, the body, the mind, and the soul all play a part of what we're doing. And, um, you know, you're one of my, uh, one of the athletes that I've worked with who begged me for a while to stop using the term woo-woo 
in 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 relation to the kind of training that we're doing. And I and I thank you for that because I do now recognize that it's not that right. It I do have some places in some esoteric categories that I will that I go into and I will continue to go into because those are areas of interest to me. But they're only of interest if they're practically applicable. If they gain under help you gain understanding. So. Well, awesome, John. Thanks for um, your for talking with me, and uh, we got miles to go before we sleep, don't we? Yes, yes. <laughs> thanks, thanks for thanks for answering my question. And I'll see you hey, soon, I, right? Okay. Yeah. Um. I had your um. This is a different. You can cut this out of. The, yeah, we're good. Like yeah, that. we're good. Yeah. Your break. Your breakdown of the Olympic trials, even though it was brief, was was excellent. And um, you know, I listened to three other three other podcasts where they broke it down and they're just and, and some of them were like an hour and a half long and they just weren't weren't as in deep and um i hope if you ever if you like doing that if you ever include whenever there's a major race or something any kind of analysis that's what i missed about your your previous um platform the most is when you you would break down you know races that we are all watching and paying attention to well, thank so, you for that. I'm I, 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 a compliment, compliment more than a request. <laughs> That's <yeah. laughs> cool. Yeah, I love doing it. Um, I don't like being. Uh, I don't like having to do it for every race, and and then some. So sometimes yeah. it feels like you know when we did the fanboys episode, it was it felt like I had to do so much work to prep for it. And and Tomic yeah. um, was a great. He was gr- he he was great to rapport with. Have we had a great rapport. Um, but his, his English skills are his, not English, his English skills are phenomenal. It's just that some people had a hard time understanding him, um, which is, I, I really didn't appreciate that point of view. Right. But the other piece was that, um, he didn't always come as prepared as I was. So, so it felt like, um, that, that it felt like I had to cover some bait. I just had so much work to do for it. Whereas when I did it before with Chris, it was like, we both watched the same races. We both had the same basic knowledge. And so what we did was just came at it, um, in a freeform way. And it felt like a little bit yeah. too much work with, with, um, Tomek. But I had a conversation with him the yeah, other I'm- day that, that, you know, he, I said, I'm not bringing, I'm not bringing that back, but he agreed with me. And then I got a text from Eric Levine who said, please keep doing that. Please keep doing that occasionally. And I think what I'm doing now yeah. is I, I went through this little dark night of the soul recently where I thought about stopping the pod, the running on purpose podcast altogether. Um, I went through another. Well, uh, the, yeah. I am talking about your free form, the free form stuff. And you know, when you did it with rogue, it was, um, you could, you could really feel the, you know, you guys had a pretty good, pretty good chemistry there. Um, so yeah, just, Take it as a compliment. I, I don't want to sign you up for more work. I know you're a busy guy. <laughs> yeah. As we all are. Yeah. But uh, great work. Yeah, it was fun, and I'll, I'll probably continue to do that. So thanks. And um, thanks cool. for this for this question. This question was phenomenal. I could not have... Um, I think this is where the Running On Purpose podcast is going, is uh, you know, one episode with Kristen a month, one episode that I go off on some kind of rant, an episode where I do a Q&A, and then an episode where maybe I do some, some, 
some hard content that would be valuable for people. I don't know. We'll see. Or maybe a guest or I'm just going to keep playing with it and letting it flow. I just decided that I was stopping it because I was paying attention to metrics and using metrics to define my success. And that is Mm -hmm. not how I operate in the world, right? That's not my modus operandi. So why am I using this other format for that? It 